All right. So I'm here with Alexandra Fasulo. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you you got that correct. Awesome. Do most people not get that correct? Uh, my last name really trips people up. Uh, I don't. I, I feel bad for them because there should probably be an accent like over the U to tip them off how to say it. <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh, so I actually lo love your content, and uh, I'm glad uh, my assistant Ansar set this up with with us. What I've noticed about your content is it's very psychological in nature. It doesn't have. It's not really like how to. It's more like like get over the hump of actually starting, right? So yeah. for people that don't know what you do, how did you start in the position you are today? And how did you get on Fiverr? Because I mean, I know many articles have been written about you and you have, you've, you've made, I think something like around $367,000 within a year through Fiverr. Can you tell yeah. me a little bit about how you got your start and like, where did you even get the idea of doing Fiverr? So I actually owe that to my mom. Uh, my mom was the one who told me about it when I was 21 and I was working an office job right out of college. And a common theme in my life is complaining when I'm bored. Um, I hate being bored. And I feel like that's why I end up doing so many things at once, because I always like to have things to do. So I was working an office job that was very not challenging. And she said to me, she's like, hey, my friend told me about this site online where you can make $5 doing odds and ends jobs, you might be interested. And I was like, okay, like, you know, that sounds cool. I'm not above making $5 for things, you know, like, sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got on it while I was working that office job when I was 21. And then a year later, when I was 22, I took a new job in New York City that I quit uh, very quickly, very, um, I understood about myself uh, four weeks in that that was not going to work for me. So once I quit it, uh, the logical part of my brain was like, hey, Alex, <laughs> use this site that's making you $5 already. Maybe it can make you 15. Maybe it can make you 50. And um, turns out it can make you a lot more than that. But that was kind of the mindset that I had when I started on it, which I always encourage people to have that same humble mindset when they'll say to me like, well, I'm worth more than, you know, than this than that. I'm like, okay, but everyone has to earn their keep, you know, so there's no harm in starting low. Yeah. You, you look like you're 18. I will I, take that because I'm 28 and a half. So I will, I will take that. Um, when I was like 21, I used to get offended when people would say that to me. Really? And now that I'm approaching 30, I'm like, rock on. You're approaching 30? Wow. Yeah. I mean, year and a half away. Yeah. We, we should do like a, a talk on skincare as opposed to fiber because, yeah, yeah, you look very young. I, you know, it's funny. I do not have nice skin. Like my skin's always breaking out because I have like... Really? have a weak immune system. You can't tell from the sliding, but um, I will take that. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. Uh, <laughs> so when did you start? Like how old were you when you started? 21. So 20. wow. I've been doing it for about uh, seven years. I've been doing it six years seriously. Six years seriously. Mm -hmm. And did you ever get like initially, did you ever get any haters? Like why are you working for five five dollars a gig like did you ever get that or did you have like a very supportive system uh do you mean like uh off of fiverr or on fiverr like from like family members like let's say you have like a cousin that's like hey you know your mom i, I mean explaining your mom explaining this to like a cousin or, or something like that would be like hey you know a a alex is starting this this 
Fiverr thing. It's called Fiverr, and she's working for $5 a gig. Would they hear that and go, hmm, okay. Um, I think I'm lucky because my nuclear family unit has always yep. been supportive of me because they're all entrepreneurs. Awesome. But I think everyone else uh, still doesn't quite understand what I do for a living. So yeah. <laughs> people will avoid the topic with me because I think they don't want to feel embarrassed when they still have no effing clue what I do for a living. Yeah. Do you feel like most you have to like kind of go over what Fiverr is and because you just don't that people just don't know exactly what it is? Yeah. I, speaking to the general public. Even when I do go over it, people still don't understand it. And it will blow my mind because it will take you 30 minutes to just go online and find out if you really <laughs> want to find out what I'm doing. It will make yeah. sense. But nobody, um, people are quite lazy today. I noticed that's a huge, I think, problem for people and their unhappiness is that they have been conditioned in the United States anyway to think that they don't have to do anything and it should just come to them. And um, I notice a big problem with people today is they won't just zip it and go online and go find out because all of the information is free, which to me is amazing. There's no gatekeepers, you know, it's, it's right there and it yeah. is there for the taking. Yeah. Uh, so, so for people that don't know what Fiverr is, what is Fiverr? So Fiverr in the simplest of terms is a freelancing marketplace. So like any marketplace, there's two different parties, there's sellers and there's buyers. And people are typically with me so far when I say that to them. Yeah. So I'll say to them, I am a seller. I go on there and I sell writing to buyers and the buyers can be anyone from another freelancer to a corporation. Mm -hmm. And what they are essentially doing is they are willing to pay me to write for them to save them time. Right. That, that is the simplest way to explain it. What are you writing about usually? Uh, I mean, anything, anything that, and yeah. I think that's what will confuse people. They'll be like, well, what are you writing about? I'm like anything. <laughs> um, yeah. If they want to write a press release about a new store that just opened for them, I can do that. If they want to write and want me to write an email that they send out to people who signed up for their newsletter, I can do that too. So I do like digital marketing writing for them. So I think if people don't understand commerce online and selling yeah. online, they don't understand what I do because I write business copy. Yeah. I think my audience will understand what you're, what you're doing. Uh, so I've noticed in your content that you have a lot of, I wouldn't say antagonistic towards corporations, but it's very like, that's fine. Like screw the boss. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Like, so I've noticed, okay, it's very psychological. So you talk mainly about, hey, you know, this is why you should get started. Or, you know, if you're afraid of getting started, if you're afraid of showing your picture, blah, blah, blah. They're like, that's psychological. But then the other part of it is, like screw your boss. Like if your boss is doing this or that, or if you're a parent, right? I think you did a, a video on being a parent, and like boss is not giving them like uh, like leave, uh, something like that. W how do you feel like for people that are stuck in their job? I actually did a post on this. It was, uh, would you rather be happy in a 60k job or sad in a 200k job? We got like a lot of engagement, and. A lot of people, some people chose the 200K, some people chose a 60K, but for people that are stuck in their corporate job and they hate it, maybe they have somebody that doesn't treat them right. Maybe they have a boss that doesn't treat them right. Maybe they just don't like their environment. Maybe they drive. This is like the worst thing about corporate jobs, I think, is the fact that you have to drive sometimes hours back and forth. But what would you say to somebody like that 
that's just like done with the corporate life or wants a way out? Um, I would say that there are multiple ways out and that we in the United States undergo some psychological conditioning from age six to age 26 into thinking that we need an employer to come and save us and provide us with benefits and health insurance and retirement and investments. And us as the lowly citizens um, can't just go do all of that for ourselves. So I would say to them, uh, there are multiple ways out of it, but it's going to start with your mindset and being open to the fact that you have been brainwashed in a way into thinking you need them. And um, your biggest, most successful way out of there is starting with your mindset towards it, which is why a lot of my content is psychological in nature, because I believe uh, that the psychological nature, the mindset uh, is everything with with all of this. I, I think it's like 98% your mindset and like 2% your talent. Hmm. Mindset versus talent. Uh, so that goes into like the, the whole entrepreneurial aspect of are you born or are you made, right? Yes. And I, um, I used to think that you had to be born, right? Um, mm-hmm. You had to be born a, a chosen one to be an entrepreneur, which is uh, an egotistical way, in my opinion, to look at it. And the longer I have been doing this, the more people who write to me every single day who have said to me like, I have used your content to quit my job to provide for my family. It is a range of people. Like I'm talking a range, introverts and extroverts. It's not just the extroverts and it's not just the introverts. It's everyone under the sun, which has told me that this idea that, oh, you have to be born an entrepreneur is a lie. Yeah. And it's a cop out uh, to people to say like, well, we, you know, we need some people to work the lowly corporate jobs and no, no, that's false. That is absolutely false. And I feel very passionate about talking about that to people because I have a unique perspective on all of these people who give me feedback every day mm-hmm. about the success they're having. I'm not just speaking on this for fun or, you know, out of my ass because then I have no idea what I'm saying. It's because of the feedback I get every day tells me that any person can go be a freelancer. Now, a freelancer is different than an entrepreneur who goes and launches their very own storefront with their own domain name, their own logo, their all everything. That's a little more balls to the wall. A freelancer can just be a person who gets on a freelancing site and doesn't have to do any of that and start selling their services directly to people. Right. Uh, So that's what's unique about freelancing to me. And I believe any single person under the sun can be a freelancer. And I, it upsets people when I say that, but I believe it to my core. Interesting. You know what I found was really interesting about Fiverr. I've hired people on Fiverr and I, and I found that it's like the, gateway into hiring people like full-time yeah because i feel like you can you can test people you can see how they do and then you can potentially hire people full-time but the thing is the people on the platform don't really want to work full-time for a corporation that's what i think right. so it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like this catch-22 you find like the best people that have like the best reviews right but they're they're also like very like independent and they don't want to be tied down to anything well, that's because their freedom is priceless to them as it oh, is yeah. to me. I will have these brands make these offers to me. And I think they think like, how could she turn this down if we're going to pay her a couple thousand dollars a month to basically do what we ask her to do? And I'm like, you guys don't understand freelancers then because uh, once you get a taste of that freedom, it's not about the money. None of this is right. actually about the money for a freelancer. Can you make good money? Sure. 
But at the end of the day, would I rather make the, what was your question, the 40K and be happy? Much would rather do that over the 200K and be miserable. Oh, yeah. And most, most freelancers would veer towards the happiness over the misery. Yeah, I think so. But then some people say, oh, I would do, take the 200K plus job and I would be miserable and then try to find a way out in like two years or three years. And like, I don't think that's like a good option, a viable option either, but. No, I think that's a person, though, that is very immature in their self-discovery, self-actuation, like self-happiness journey. I think they haven't even embarked on it yet if they think that that is the correct answer. So I would say they have a long ways to go, that type of person. So I don't know. I don't know what your feelings and thoughts are about this, but I want to bring it up because I think it's an important subject to to bring up. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and not to catch you off guard, but I noticed that like, <laughs> all good, all good. Uh, so on TikTok, so I'm 34, right? I'm an entrepreneur. I go on TikTok and I want to be, I want to like do good on TikTok. I'm going to ask you about TikTok in just a second because you've done some great things on TikTok. I really respect your content. I really respect you as a person. And, but there's, there's, there's like, there's like, 17 year old girls half naked on TikTok, and, <laughs> and i have a daughter right i have a i have a 15 month old daughter and it would it would uh it frightens me to know that like she could be put into that environment and feel like oh I, in order to get views i need to do this right right but your content like you're one of the you're one of the um people that you don't feel like, I feel like you could do that, but you chose not to. Right. Um, and you chose to go the entrepreneurial route and you're getting the same amount of views. You're getting, you're getting a lot of views and, and content. What would you say to someone that, that, that feels, well, this is what people want. Like I, I'm showing myself like this because this is what people want. And maybe people won't like me for my personality. I feel like that's the that's the thought process. People won't really like me for my personality. So I'm just going to show, you know, what I have to show. Okay. I I could spend an hour answering that (laughs) question. Um, I love, I love talking about like philosophy related things, but people only want what they know. Right. So I would say to your daughter, to someone else, um, they might think that they want to watch the 17 year old in a bikini because that's all they've seen until you show them that they should want something else, which is um, a self-respecting smart woman who's going to teach them how to make money online. And then suddenly they want that too. So I would say, don't concern yourself with what other people are doing ever. And the most successful businesses are always the ones that are the disruptors that come out of nowhere and do something new. So who cares that the 17 year olds are wearing bikinis? Don't worry about that. Um, say a prayer that they're going to be safe and some creep doesn't come to their house to try and climb in their window. Uh, I would say just run your own race, do your own thing. And again, people only want what they know. So show them something else that they should want for themselves, which is, uh, and anyone wants to learn how to make money online. That's a, you know, that's a shoe in. I, I don't have to dress yeah. any kind of way because I'm providing so much value to people. They do not care if I am in a bikini or not. Granted, I do sometimes see the female entrepreneurs on TikTok. We will, it's almost like the Disney Channel syndrome where I see I will get put in a box where I almost feel like I can't also be a woman in a way mm-hmm. on my social media because people don't 
want to see me also be a woman. They want to just see me talk about business, which can kind of sink sometimes because I feel like I get robbed of some of the more fun things I could be doing as a 28 year old woman. Yeah. On my social. But then I would say to myself, well, that's your own mindset roadblock that you should get over Alex. And then I would, then I would solve the problem talking to myself in my kitchen. It's, it's but, one thing like go- going to the beach and being in your bikini, like taking a picture, but it's another thing if all your content is like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I follow some of the younger girls, younger women on TikTok, and it's some of it is that there's tasteful versions of it. My sister's a swimsuit model, right? So I um, am never going to sit here and judge people who are posting swimwear stuff, but there is definitely a fine line between being a swimsuit model and having there be a massive cry for help and possible safety problems for that young girl who is posting like that. So agreed. I feel like TikTok does try and police it a little bit, um, but that's that's one of the downsides of social media that I don't think we're going to be able to help is that while you are giving people a platform to promote themselves, you're always going to have that inappropriate nature to it. But I would just say, don't worry about those people. Just put your blinders yeah. on and do your thing. Who, who do you think's fault is? Who do you, who do you, what, who, who has the fault in this? Is it? the men who pay attention to that or is it the, the girls that, that post this stuff? Like this is a philosophical debate here. If it's a 17 year old, it's the parents fault. Right. That that 17 year old needs validation and attention so badly that they are putting themselves half naked on social media. I would say the parents uh, fell short there. Um, I don't know if you can fault the, the girls or the boys because mm-hmm. uh, the boys, if they're sitting there writing nasty stuff on 17 year old girls post their parents, something happened there too. You know, they're not a wholesome, yeah. you have two halves, right? 50% humans that make a whole. Yeah. Um, so it's I true. would say, I would say there was a breakdown with the parenting at some point that their child feels so unappreciated that they need to go on the internet and get, their validation that way. Yeah. Would you worry about the hate that you would get by expressing this opinion? Would I worry about it? Yeah. Um, On TikTok? I used to, I, I, you catch me in the middle of my hate journey um, because I definitely was very ill-prepared for the hate that I got in March of this year when my CNBC stuff went viral. But um, really? like anything, like anything with the self-esteem journey, now that I'm living and breathing on the other side of it, I giggle when I get hate. I like sit here and laugh and like, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. (laughs) You know, it's like, you really have to understand you are never going to make everyone happy. And by, by honing in on your niche and owning yourself, you really are not going to make people happy. So that's, you know, something I'm so, someone just knocked on my door. Is this, can you pause this? If I just go check who, uh, you can go right now. It's fine. It's, it's live, but it's okay. Go ahead.
sorry about that. We're no back. <laughs> All good. You brought me bananas. <laughs> All good. Like Florida problems, right? All good. No worries. Oh, funny. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I'm so 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 for somebody that's going through the hate journey themselves, like initially, were you getting pissed off about getting hate? Were you lashing out at those people? Yes. Um, I it is my personality type to I I am I I take on like the victor versus the victim mindset. Like I refuse to ever be a victim. That's just my thing. That's how I am. So if somebody is attacking me, I can't help but retaliate. It's like part of my, I don't know. It's part of my personality. So if somebody's accusing me of something that's just straight up a lie, it's very hard for me to not respond to that because it's, it's, I want to say you, that's wrong. You're wrong. Like you're, you're lying this to this person. And, um, I wrote back funny comments to people for the last year or so and was advised by pretty much everyone in my life to stop doing that. Um, (laughs) And I finally actually stopped doing it last month. And it really bothered me at first to watch these people write these things that just are not true under my social media, not defend myself. And then I realized uh, an amazing thing happens when you go quiet is that your own followers and supporters defend you back to these people. So I think once that happened, I started to become more comfortable with just not giving into it anymore because my people who know that I'm telling the truth, who have followed my advice, who make money online because they follow me, they know I am not lying. So they get under these posts now and say to these people, you're a moron. And I, if I occasionally see it, I giggle and I'm like, oh, go person. I love that. I love that. So, uh, what made you decide to get on TikTok? What made you decide to start posting? The pandemic. Hmm. Uh, March 2020, I fled New York City to upstate New York. And I was like, oh boy, I got to get through this. And back to the theme of boredom. I'm terrified of boredom. So, I was like, what am I going to do? Anyone who's from upstate New York knows March uh, in upstate New York, there's nothing to do. It's negative 20 out. It snows every other day. It's gray and dark and that's it. So I was like, oh, good Lord. Okay. What am I going to do to get through this? Oh my God. Uh, my social life, everything's dead. I have all this time on my hands now. So I downloaded TikTok because Gary V said so. And, um, I was like, I'm going to go check this app out. Everyone keeps uh, crapping on it, saying it's where little teenagers dance all day long. But I don't believe that. Yeah. And uh, I went on there and very quickly saw that there were some savvy entrepreneurs uh, selling stuff on there. And I was like, okay, this is why Gary Vee said to get on this app. (laughs) And I spent two, three hours a day obsessing over it until I had my first viral video hit. Wow. I got like 40K followers from it. And then I was addicted. (laughs) So here I am now. 40K followers from one video? Yeah, that's how TikTok works. I mean, my most recent viral video on there got me 200K followers because I had already an established profile and everything. So I'm heading to 500K followers now, and I've only been on there a year and four months. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, best thing. TikTok changed my life. Really? That's not dramatic, and it's not. Um, TikTok, I'm not kidding, changed my life from CNBC to Josh Rossi, who found me, who has now gone on to do four online courses with me to all of the other press business insider found me to potentially a book deal. I may have incoming wow. a lot of the publishers follow me. Uh, that doesn't hurt in getting a book deal. So right. TikTok uh, changed my life hands down. 
And I say to people, if you are not on TikTok, I do not know how else to tell you to get on <laughs> today. Yeah. Never before. We, we may never have this again where the organic reach on there is unprecedented. You do not get that on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. They've been around for so long, their algorithms, it's so hard to be seen. It's It sucks. TikTok, you get blasted out there and it's like, I don't know why people would not capitalize from this. Anything, you can post anything. And yeah, boom. I yeah. love it. So do, do you recommend, so I, I think people debate about this in their head, like, about what type of content they should post. Are you, do you think you've, you've seen success because you're very niched because you, you have a, a specific niche or do you think people should just post what they want and then figure out as they go, figure things people out? Just, I had no niche when I started. I'm like, Oh, here's Fiverr. Oh, here's me traveling. And my first video that went viral was because I did one of the trends. So TikTok has trends. So just do a trend and boom, you'll go viral. I mean, there are people who have followings on there because they eat food, they eat breakfast and film it. Right. And people follow it. There is no rhyme or reason to it on there. Like, yeah, if you want to niche down over time, does that help? I'm sure. But you do not need to have a strategy. Like just post. That is it. Just post. Um this post. It I love it. Perfect. I, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing when I went on there. I, I attempted to do the dances. I'm a horrible dancer. People <laughs> people are like, oh if you don't dance, they won't follow you. False. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's funny. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and, and so you, you think people should just post whatever they want to post and just figure out, you know, what works as they go. Yes. And I can say this because I have a second TikTok account that I launched, which is funny videos of my best friend and my stepdad together. And they're kind of inappropriate. <laughs> and um, I got that one up to 280K followers. There's absolutely no strategy behind that account. It's wow. the dumbest videos you will ever see. And 280,000 people follow it. So how, my strategy worked again. So how long did that take? 280,000 followers? Yeah, like a, six months. Six months. Yeah. Wow. I, mean, I know plenty of people who hit a million in four months who do better than I do even. Jeez. What do you think they, what do you think they do over what you do? Like, I, I mean, there's no, I, it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason why you would be less or more successful than another person, but. Um, it's just like, just be you essentially and, yeah. and post. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's the ones who I see blow up the fastest are either people who provide like immense value to the following. So, um, I went from Jara, she has like 1.2 million now because her whole account is showing other people how to create TikTok videos. Mm. So everyone follows that. Cause duh, um, <laughs> I've seen, this user, Victoria Paris, I follow her. She's like 22, I think in New York city. She first started out by having a fashion account where she would go to like a thrift store and find the craziest clothing of all time and make it an outfit that looked cool and wear it out in public, which I think people were like, holy crap. <laughs> and she has since just turned into a personal lifestyle brand. People are just obsessed with her and her confidence. They, right. they want some of that for themselves. So her account is a lifestyle account uh 1.1 million followers in six months wow so yeah. <clears throat> okay so you're you're successful on tiktok you've done great on fiverr uh what are what does the future hold for you what are your what are what are your goals in the future are you trying to get to a million at this point or are you trying sure. to yeah yeah i, I never cap myself with it um 
You know, it's funny when people ask me that I am not, I am a goal setter in the sense that I, I set short-term goals, right? So one of them would be a million followers on TikTok. Uh, another would be to have my business make seven figures per year instead of six figures. But those are really the only goals that I set because I don't believe you can plan for the future that God or the universe has in mind for you. And my life is very much a testament to that. Um, I just keep myself open. I keep my options open for all I know, six months from now, there could be a TV show and I'm going to say yes to it. Uh, but I also just plan for the here and now I work as hard as I can. I structure it the best I can. I help as many people as I can and whatever comes my way six months from now, I will say yes to it, but I have no idea what that will be. Yeah. So what is your, your philosophy on saying yes versus no? Cause I, I know, I know that people like they guard their calendar. Like it, like it's. Like, like they really, really stress guarding your calendar versus people that yeah. say yes. I'll tell you what I've noticed, um, but tell me what your thoughts are. So I think this is a difficult question to answer because people might take it too literally. But I think until you hit a point where for me, it took me six years to hit a point where I have a brand that is in demand that other businesses want to pay me money to promote them, to partner with them. Took me six years to build it. I am now at a time where I need to be more protective of my time because my time has become so valuable that if I go live on TikTok for an hour, I can reach 2000 people and not only help them, but also sell my products. So that, that my time is so valuable. Now I have to be very picky with what I say yes and and no to. However, (laughs) however, I am only at this point because I said yes to literally everything for six years. So until you get to a point, until you get to a point where your time is worth a thousand dollars an hour, where there are people who will actually pay you that, which amazing and good for you. And and you should treat yourself. uh, You should be saying yes to everything. So you should guard your time until uh, you should, you shouldn't guard your time until you actually have made it to the point where people want to pay you for your brand consistently. hundred percent. Until yeah. you have a blue check mark on Instagram, maybe, I don't know, whatever metric it is for you, Yeah. Uh, whatever that means to you it might not be the blue check mark, whatever that, that milestone is, you should not be picky. You should be saying yes to everything because that's how you're going to learn more about yourself and what you actually want to be doing for a living. And if you are happy, if you uh, are abundant, you know, the words everyone uses, if you are in your flow of your life, Mm -hmm. uh, everything's going to come to you. Opportunities, partnerships, money, money is just another energy form floating out here with you. It will come to you if you are in step with your divine purpose. That's when I get a little like philosophy for people, but it's true. I'm it's true. Don't, don't shoot me here. (laughs) Yeah. I honestly think like people say no, to, to things like they, they, they act big time. Like they act like they're like they're, they're a big deal before they're a big deal. That's what I feel. hundred like, percent. No, their yeah. ego, their ego gets in the way of things and they'll be like, Oh, I'm too good. Like to go on that podcast. I have been on probably 300 different podcasts at this time. Mm-hmm. I probably don't even need to be saying yes to them anymore, but that yeah. is how humble I stay with this stuff because I always go, well, what if I hit it off with the podcast host? Maybe we might end up owning a business together in the future. Maybe we'll be friends. Maybe this person will refer me something. That is how you have to always be thinking. And when you say yes, to you never know who you're talking to. You never know who you're talking to. So uh, if you, when you're into your journey and are declining going on people's podcasts, you need to, I think, to check yourself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had that, you know, a few times, but I'm like, 
honestly, like the, uh, the, the biggest people I've had on my podcast is Patrick, Ben David, Dave Meltzer, world series of peak. I think I, I would consider you a big person on my podcast. I feel like I'm very honored that you're on my podcast. Oh. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, it's so weird. All this that that part of this stuff is so weird for me when people uh, say that because I I I guess work very hard to make sure that I am still the same person I was six years of all of six years ago with all of it. That's good. Uh, despite the number of people following me, I think the biggest downfall to people is getting in their ego on this stuff. I I honestly don't care how big someone is. Like I I I want to interview people that are like on their journey too. And because I've, I've been on my journey, you know, for a while and you never know who you're, who you're interviewing. Like if I met you six years ago, like that would have been awesome to interview you then. Um, Because everybody, honestly, deep down, everybody wants a day one, you know what a day one is, right? When you catch someone on the day one of their journey or like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Everyone wants a day one. Every man, every woman wants a day one, somebody that was there from the very get go. And there's yeah. not enough of them. And I think that's what people, they, they tend to appreciate more. So like, like for me, a hundred percent, I'm bringing everyone to the top that was here from day one. Right. Um, and we have, we have a pretty established company at this point. Um, and, uh, for sure, because you're on this podcast, I'm going to bring you up with me when, when we start succeeding at a high level, which we, we will succeed at a high level. We will succeed on TikTok. We will succeed on all these platforms because we we've just succeeded at everything else. So there's no there's no difference in applying what we've what we've learned across uh, along the along the journey. So thank yeah. you for being for being one of our, uh, our our guests. We really appreciate it. I know you have uh, a meeting at nine, um, so I'm appreciative of your time. I really appreciate uh, just all your content and uh, look forward to you know seeing the rest of your journey. Thank you, Frank. I realized I haven't said your name yet, Frank. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, no, um, I'm, I was happy to hop on and chat. I appreciate your um, philosophical questions because sometimes I'll go on podcasts and just be like, "How much money do you make? Where do you make it? What's your last name?" And I'm like, "No, we have more exciting things we could chat about, like the flow of energy." <laughs> absolutely. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, if they want to hire you for on Fiverr, how would they do so? So my Fiverr uh, username is Fuzzwaldo. So it's like Fiverr.com forward slash Fuzzwaldo. But I have so many different links to resources that I tell people to just start on my website. So you can find like all of it there, uh, which is just AlexFasulo.com. But I'm on, what'd you say? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm on like basically every single social media site at this point. So if you just look up Alex Fasulo in the search bar, like you'll find me. What is your normal, like your range of fees, if you don't mind me asking? My range of fees. Yeah. For uh, on Fiverr. Yeah. Uh, it starts at one hundred and twenty-five and goes up to twelve hundred for an ebook. Okay. Cool. All right. Thanks, uh, Alex. Just want to ask you a question right after I stop this uh, podcast. 